Hey, everybody. Welcome to the book leads impactful books for life and leadership. I'm your series host and leadership performance coach, John Jermillo. In this podcast, uh, I like to get to the books that have impacted the lives of people in my network, colleagues, new colleagues, friends, um, anybody that I've come across in the path of this journey of this particular podcast or before. So these are great leads that I'll be interviewing to get to these books. I want to know how it's contributed to their life, their work, their business, all these worlds, just intermesh and, and cross section. So in this particular podcast, I cover three categories of books. The first category is where they're telling me about a book that I haven't read. The second category is about a book that we've both read, whether specifically for the series or in a previous life. And then the third category is when I've had the author and or publishers of the books come on to share the message that they want to get out to the masses of the book that they've put out. So for this particular episode, my guest is Angelique Lovestrong. And Angelique started working when she was 16. She's worked in restaurants, a big city PR firm, web design, human resources, quality control, major fundraising, and opened and closed her own retail brick and mortar. No matter the industry, she's been creating solid infrastructure for businesses since 1991. Then she decided, quote, no more working for others, making everyone else awesome. It's time for me and what I'm called to do, end quote. It was time for a bigger leap. She's created a business allowing her the power and freedom to choose who to serve and how. Lady Powerhouse Solutions supports women-owned initiatives that honor a calling and act with purpose to achieve their vision. Now, I was introduced to Angelique by video producer and YouTube strategist Edie Clark, who I interviewed in episode 48 of this series. And I covered two books with Edie in her episode, Hello Fears, Crush Your Comfort Zone and Become Who You're Meant to Be by Michelle Poehler and Practical Law of Attraction, Align Yourself with the Manifesting Conditions and Successfully Attract Your Desires by Victoria Gallagher. So please go check out that conversation with Edie after you finish checking out this conversation with Angelique. So Angelique, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm glad to be here. I always start off by asking who my guest is today. So who are you today in terms of the work that you're doing with your clients in your business? What the projects that you have going on What's going on in your world? Uh, who am I today? Uh, very different than I was when I started my business. And, um, you know, and, and I, before we went live, you know, I mentioned that I'm going through a lot of transition lately. Just seems like this last year has just been one thing after another. Um, the big catalyst was a car accident I had that absolutely changed my life. I was rear-ended by a truck. <laughs> Um, and talk about literally your life flashing before your eyes. Um, and it did. And it changed the way I live. It changed the way I do business, um, a lot of things. But um, how so, Angelique? Just, you know, I really took it for granted my physical mobility. And I don't have that like I used to. Um, I'm not able to move as quickly as fast. Some days I can't move at all for <laughs> very much. So it just, you know, it depends on the day. Um, but I am getting better. I'm healing. Um, I'm looking forward to some medical <laughs> procedures that hopefully will help me. Um, but you know, it, it makes you get really picky about what you do with your energy. Mm -hmm and how I arrange my day. I have more energy in the morning. So I do anything that requires more thinking energy or more physical energy. I do those things in the morning versus waiting until five o'clock at night when I am just about tapped out um, versus seven or eight when I'm like, okay, there's definitely nothing else going on today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just me in my bed. That's it. Um, so the, I mean, a lot of the changes have been very physical. My, my diet's completely changed. Um, and, um, you know, and, the, and as a, a you know, good side effect is that I, I'm, I'm losing weight and, and it's not a, you know, like it's dropping off, but it's been really consistent and it's been really helpful for my health too. Um, it was something, you know, we say this, I need to lose some weight. Well, it was something I'd meant, you know, needed to be doing for a while and it's finally finally happening. And it's just that shift in the the mindset and how you how you see the food that you put in your body. And it's meant for a purpose and not just because it's yummy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 It's amazing. It's amazing when you think about just your health and 
whether it's working out and we were in gym as kids and they wanted so many reps and all this stuff and it was more for a grade, but it wasn't about mentality. Mm-hmm. I think if they told you, and it was a different time back then when I was a kid, but I think if they told you, listen, this isn't just about a grade. It's not just about metrics. This is going to impact the way that you see everything else outside of this room, outside of this workout. Same goes for food. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it is a mindset. It is a mentality. And, and it's almost like we don't realize that until it affects us adversely. Yes. Better late than never. But I, I completely get that. I, I hear your message. Believe me. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's been, you know, uh, you know, one of those things where you, you go, well, would I prefer that it hadn't happened? Yes. Um, but am I better person for it? Yes, I am actually. Um, I'm a better person. I'm a better friend. I'm a, I'm a better, you know, business owner, all the things. Um, but you know, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I had to, to, there was a point at a period of time I, I could hardly work at all. And, um, so my business has shifted into what can I do inside a part-time day? Because some days, you know, on a bad day, that's all I've got. Um, and on a good day, I I can give more, you know, to my business, to, you know, whatever it is I decide to do with it that day. But, um, yeah, it really shifted. You know, the goal when I started the business was to move to part-time hours, uh, with full-time income, right. And revenue, but, um, you know, that, that became more, less of an option and more of a necessity. Um, but now I am actually working, I've got a new client and I'm, I'm working with them almost exclusively and, um, it's been, it's been awesome. Um, it's a local company, it's a women owned company and I am just loving it. Absolutely loving it. And that's actually the office I'm in right now is. It's my client's office. It's not even Oh, okay. Mine. Okay. So when it comes to your clients and who you work with, what is the type of work that you do for them? Um, the type of work I do is, you know, really depends on what they need because I have such a diverse background and I can do all kinds of different things. I do have a team that, that can support me and my, and my clients. Um, but really for me, it's not so much about what they need done but how are they coming at it and and their values their mission their vision that's what really um i'm very values driven impact driven um, mission driven so what matters more to me is do our uh our values align are we in alignment with what you want and how you want to get there um and that to me is the most important thing more so than uh, yes, I can do social media. Yes, I can do copy. Yes, I can do, you know, project management, automations, all the things. Um, not that we do all things, we don't, but um, I, have, I can probably find somebody who can help you with what you need. But more importantly, do will we get along? Will we jive? Yeah, that's absolutely. what's important to me. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's it's one of the key things just because if that energy isn't there, that energy for creation and just the values energy, if that's not there, it just impacts the work. And it's, if it doesn't jibe, then it's all for nothing. Yeah. You don't want to do the work. And and then it becomes just another, you know, thing you have to get through. I don't want to get up and have to get through the things I want to get up and can't wait to do the things. And that's, that's where I'm at. Absolutely. Um, so Angelique, when it comes to you, can you tell me a little bit about how your path into your career started uh, when you were younger, whether it was going into education, whether it was college, whether it was family experiences, whether it was just a random experience of any kind, what did those first couple steps into your career look like? Even if it wasn't the career that the business that you find yourself in now, what were those first couple steps like? What did they look like? Yeah. Um, I had actually won a, a scholarship to go to a four-year college, um, but uh, that didn't happen. I ended up, I got married right out of high school, which was the plan, you know, but the plan was not to have children right away. And and uh, fortunately and unfortunately, I got pregnant like right out uh, the gate. So um, I have two beautiful daughters and six beautiful grandchildren now. So i um, very happy about that. But I didn't go to college right out of high school as I quote unquote planned. Um, and 
so I ended up going right into work. Now I, what I've learned through lots of therapy and uh, coaching is that my work ethic, the story that I grew up hearing was that if you worked harder and longer, then you could get what other people weren't willing to work hard for. Um, and so I've had to really recondition that into um, <laughs> not working, you know, you know, the 60 hours a week that I, the majority of my career I did. Um, if I wasn't working a, a full-time and a part-time job or working full-time and going to school part-time or, you know, some variation thereof, um, I just didn't feel like I was, you know, doing what I was supposed to be doing. I wasn't working hard enough. Um, so transitioning into owning my own business and doing the work myself, that, uh, that was, that was very different. It was just, it was really different. Um, but so I started out actually working in high school. My first job was doing singing telegrams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, Yes, I loved it, uh, except for when I had to change outfits in the back of a, a metal, you know, a van uh, before I, go, you know, go in to do the song and dance. That was never fun, but especially in the Florida heat. Um, but, you know, then I at, once I got married, got out of high school, I started working uh, for a medical office um, and I had no training as a medical transcriptionist. But I lived in Illinois at the time, and they had this thing called a joint training partnership program. So basically, they had grant money that they would give employers to hire people who were inexperienced so they could train on the job. So that's how I learned to do medical transcription. I was working for a Jamaican doctor, and um, it was me and the medical dictionary and my little cassette player. And uh, we learned the hard way how to do medical transcription. And then it just kind of um, moved on from there. And, and I, I mostly stayed in the medical uh, administrative field for, for several decades before I finally went and moved on and did something a little different. So what was the, what did the, I guess I'm curious also, what, what were the steps that took you from medical transcription to where you are now? What were those kind of, I don't know, few jumps, many jumps of different kinds of jobs that took you to where you are now? Well, I was really fortunate that I landed a job with a large healthcare system in St. Louis that they offered tuition reimbursement. They offered matching on retirement. I mean, just great benefits. Um, so I was able to, during that time, um, finish my uh, college aspirations um, and, and and they paid for it. And it was awesome. Um, and within the, I was in the health, that particular healthcare system for a couple of decades. And I moved around with, because it was such a large system and, and different locations in the St. Louis area, I was able to, to transfer from one department to another and try out different jobs and different departments. Um, I worked in a, I started out working in HR, then I moved into uh, pathology and, um, and then medical education. And I stayed there for quite a while and coordinated um, monthly training programs um, for pediatric advanced life support for the medical professionals that needed to certify. And it was run through uh, St. Louis University. And so I learned a lot about um, project management and event management because you constantly had, you were wrapping up one event, prepping for another and doing one at the same time. Um, so I learned a lot. I worked in the pediatric intensive care unit there. I worked in quality assurance and, um, gosh, risk management, um, maternal fetal care, just so many different areas. I worked in a lot of the operations and food management. So I got so much experience during that time in different areas. And I was able, after being with them for so long, um, I found a coaching company that some of my former colleagues uh, were working, were actually doing the, the executive coaching for and ended up working there for about, um, it was a year and a year and a half, something like that. And um, got a taste for what executive coaching was like and what group coaching was like and loved it. 
Um, so when it came to, when I was introduced to a business coach, it didn't feel like, oh, this is, this is crazy. And this was in 2019. So in 2019, I met a business coach and, um, and hired her and went through a, a coaching program with one of her team um, members, one of her business coaches. And that was about a six month coaching program. And um, during that time, I started my business and uh, haven't looked back. I tell you what, it's been it's been so much so much fun doing this. I I was kind of a serial entrepreneur, so I'd start a business, and most of them were um, direct sales, direct marketing kind of things. But I also opened. I had a passion for reading all my life. I love to read, and uh, I was reading a book called um, "The Little Bookstore in Big Stone Gap." I think that. I think that was the name of it, but it inspired me to open my own bookstore. So I did. And um, I kind of just jumped in head first, uh, which is kind of like my, uh, what do you call it? The, how, how I do it, you know? Your, your MO. My MO. Um, I've gotten better about thinking before, you know, I jump <laughs> uh, as I've gotten uh, older. But, you know, it just, I didn't have a fear of failure. Um, I was never... I was really fortunate that I had a mom that just was so encouraging and positive all of the time that my inner voice, the voice that that itty bitty shitty committee in your head, you know, um, that, it, you know, is either some teacher that was mean to you or a parent that was hard on you. Um, mine was just all, all positive and, you know, rainbows and butterflies and unicorns. I mean, uh, I, I got really lucky that way. So it, it's not, I don't, and we are our own worst critic. I, I, and I'm not saying that I don't have an inner critic. I do, but it, it was not difficult for me to see something and say, Oh, I can do that. I can do that. And then go for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny the way we look at things. It's interesting. Just the way you said, it's not that I don't, have a, a critic in my head it's not that i don't um doubt myself sometimes it's just you know uh you may sense it and you keep moving on uh reminds me of a conversation i had recently where somebody was brought up disappointment and i'm like ah, i don't i don't think i come across disappointment that often and it sounded ridiculous it was on one of these episodes but <laughs> but it's kind of like what you were talking about it's not that i don't have disappointment it's that i've learned to kind of realize it happens and just move on so I don't have that full sensation like you may not have that full sensation of failure because you're out there trying different things because the, the voice that your mom put inside your head about, you know, what's possible, what you can go after and not to limit yourself. So, you know, we can still feel those sensations, but it's that emotional intelligence of knowing that that's not going to get you anywhere and, and kind right. of let you have to move on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, uh, the things that I grew up with, were, were, you know, I, I just remember that song, anything you can do, I can do better. <laughs> so, um, and it, and it, now that I'm an adult, it seems kind of, um, you know, kind of fully yourself kind of thing, but it's not that I, I'm better than you. It's just that, well, anything you can do, I can do it too. How about that? You know, um, or maybe I can do it in my own way. And I Even feel like that's better. <laughs> exactly 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 you know you you have pride in your work ethic you know and i think too often people don't want to come across across as proud because it may seem arrogant or it may seem full of ego but it's like shit if you know you're good and you deliver it's like yeah you know share that get that out there so i think that's a that's a great reminder for people so how do you decide what lady powerhouse solutions is going to be when you've got this business coach and maybe you've hopped through a couple of businesses, as, as you've said, how do you decide on what that final enterprise of yours is going to look like, what you want to deliver to your clients? Well, you know, it's funny because when I first started my business, it wasn't called Lady Powerhouse Solutions. Um, it was called Virtual Executive Accelerated Solutions. And it was a play on uh, the my last name at the time, which was Wiesman. So uh, it was V-E-A-S, 
and uh, virtual executive accelerated solutions. But I kept mm -hmm. botching the name when I go out and do networking. <laughs> I have I would have to stop and think about it. Okay, this is not good advertising. I have to change this up. Um, so that's when I came up with uh, Powerhouse because I've been called a powerhouse, you know, over the years, over and over again. And I do want to provide solutions. Um, and I am a lady. Um, I think growing up too, my mom, uh, you know, kind of came uh, of age in the fifties and uh, you were, I was, uh, when, when I was growing up, I was told, you know, to be ladylike, to, you know, cross your legs and um, all those things that you do to be a lady. And yeah, that girl shouldn't do that. That's not how a girl behaves. Yeah. Because I've, I've heard that from other guests and yeah. The limitations yeah. that are put on you by society. And then also this sense of nobility that, you know, like from England, the lady of the house, lady, you know. Uh, and so I, I wanted to bring all that in. So I worked with a, um, a branding expert to come up with the logo and the colors and things like that. And that's why. Um, and I love the 20s era. Um and the so the font, and it's probably not a really uh, great. It's it's a more difficult font to read than some that I could have chosen. But I just love that that old twenties feel. And um, so one of the fonts is an old like um, Art Deco kind of. Yep. And so that's, that's what and, came to mind was like Art Deco kind yeah, of. Yeah, I just love all that. All that. But then Lady was more feminine. Um, and then one of them is a sparkly color. And she kind and, and he kind of worked it so that um the Y loops into the U and powerhouse. And um yeah, and I I just I felt like it was more representative of who I am and where I want to go. Um, so it was it was a journey. Uh, Lady Powerhouse was a journey, but as far as the culture and what I wanted to accomplish, um, a lot of that came through talking to uh, the web, the copy writer that I hired to do the copy for my website. She asked me such fantastic questions about who I was and what I wanted to, what kind of attitude I wanted to portray. And, and um, she asked questions about me, who I am. And um, that also helped shape Lady Powerhouse. So I think it was a team effort, you know, you you don't know what you don't know so you hire people that do <laughs> yeah yeah or they know like the right questions to ask you that maybe you exactly. didn't even consider yeah mm -hmm. and angelique can you tell me a little bit uh about your podcast oh i love i tell you what i love podcasts i love listening to podcasts i love being a guest on podcasts and when i realized how much i loved guesting on podcasts it was a no-brainer when a uh associate of a colleague of mine reached out and said, would you do a podcast with me? And I'm like, girl, I've been, how long I've been waiting for you to ask, you know? So we, um, we're very aligned in our values and already. Um, and she, uh, we just kind of sat, just started talking and brainstorming. Well, what do we want it to be about? And well, what are we facing? And so what we found was that, there just aren't a lot of podcasts out there specifically for talking about the real shit that happens for, for female entrepreneurs. We have a different set of challenges and um, every entrepreneur has challenges, but women have different challenges as well. Um, and so we did some research, maybe we're alone in this. And we, what we found was 80% of female entrepreneurs don't feel supported. They don't feel like they have someone that they can, um, you know, have access to as a mentor that they, they don't know where to go to get help. And then you have at the same time, all these people on Instagram, not just women, but, you know, just social media in general, that's only putting out the, these produced Mm. edited versions of what they want the world to see and not what really happens. <laughs> so what was really important to us was that we were authentic in yes. the way we presented ourselves and what we talked about. Um, 
we're not there trying to sell services. We're not trying to sell our services. We're not trying to sell the guest services. We're there to talk about what challenges have you faced? What did you learn? And what can you share with other female entrepreneurs so they don't have to learn that lesson on their own? Um, and maybe they can gain some insight. So that's what, that's how the podcast came to be. And we've been going, it'll be a year uh, at the end of this month. Uh, we've been going strong a weekly live almost every single week. We've missed a couple, um, but every single week we've been going live for about a year now. And it's been a blast. And I, I mean, if anybody's heard me on here, I, I, I appreciate when somebody is raw, is candid. I don't like anything that's like overly produced, pitch perfect. Um, when there's too much to uh, toxic positivity that everything's oh, going to yeah. work out and keep going. Like, obviously, I'm a coach. I want people to keep going. I want to inspire people. I want to motivate people. But at the same time, the best way to move forward is to acknowledge that there is some shit out there, mm -hmm. you know, because so many people try to move forward looking perfect picture perfect you know and everything under the surface they're like burning out um where i would i would rather somebody tell me about what's going on be raw be candid tell the truth even the ugly stuff and then when you get that out of your system it's amazing what happens the energy that's left over because you're no longer trying to hide that or trying to keep up right the side. yes it takes up so much energy right to, does, to, to put up this this image um, it's not so much, you know, facade is a good word. It's a good word. Um, and, but eventually people are going to get through the door and they're going to see the real, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was really important to us that we that we create a space. And ultimately that's our goal is to create a community of, of just kind of what it looks like when women support other women and not just being supportive, you know, like patting them on the back and being encouraging, but also <laughs> um, just this, there's no competition, like this abundance, we have an abundance mindset. And so we try to, to demonstrate that and model it so that people can see, see, this is what it looks like when you hold an abundance mindset, because there is more than enough to go around and you don't have to compete um, with other female entrepreneurs to be successful. Yeah. It's not like you're fighting for scraps. Um, and that, that mindset is, is contagious. I mean, you put it out there enough, the right yeah. people are going to hear it. The people that need to hear it are going to hear it. Um, that's amazing. Just because you put out that kind of message, um, somebody out there needs to hear it. And I think it's, it's something that resonates even more because I think people are kind of sick of, um, like the highlight reels of social media and LinkedIn. I think people want to hear about other people going through challenges, obstacles, the hard work that it's not easy because yes. if you think that everybody's an overnight success, if it doesn't work out for you in a week or two, you're like, oh, then there's and something there's wrong no with me. And there's no such thing as overnight exactly. success. Exactly. Really. Um, we've heard those stories, you know. Angelique, so a question that I always pose after going through who the person is today, the path that led them to now, I'm always interested in what somebody brings from their past to like the inner child that stays with them. So does it make mm -hmm. sense? for who you were as a kid that you're doing the work that you're doing today? Does it tie into what your mindset was then? What you hoped for, whatever it may be. I, you know, I think so. I mean, I remember as a kid, I, uh, at one point, I remember I wanted to be a vet, um, you know, and take care of all the animals and rescue all the animals. Um, but I think it's really common for girls, especially to whether it's a societal pressure or, you know, upbringing or family or whatever, to take on jobs or careers where we're taking care of people, because that's when we feel that we're needed and we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. Um, but I think that you know, it's important for us to reflect on what 
do we want to do what makes us happy? You know, what do we enjoy doing? Like I said, I, I want to get up every morning and, and look forward to what I'm doing that day for quote unquote work. Um, I don't want to have to drudge through it. And, and I, and I bring that up again because it, I don't want to imply that I didn't go through that because I did, because early on I was scared and I took any job that came my way almost. <laughs> um, and you know, I needed that income coming in. Um, and it didn't help at the time that my, uh, husband at the time lost his job right when I started my business, um, like within a couple of months. So now we've lost both full-time incomes and we're just winging it. Right. Um, so I did go through that. I did go through, I'll just take any job just to get money in the coffers. Um, but I learned very quickly that that isn't the type of work that I want to do. It isn't rewarding work. Mm -hmm. Um, and now I've forgotten your question. Uh, so, no, I was just asking about, it's mostly as like your personality as a kid. So it's oh. not, the it's not that you knew that you were going to be a business owner or whatnot, but does it make sense from your personality as a kid, who, what type Absolutely. of kid you were that you're doing the work that you're doing today? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Cause I get to incorporate all the stuff I've ever done or wanted to do, and I can take it in any direction I want. Um, I, I can write a book. I can do a podcast. In fact, I might even start another podcast. I love it so much. Um, so yeah, I think absolutely because, you know, being an entrepreneur, you can do, you, you have all these great ideas that you want to do all the things with. Um, so I think it's pr a pretty, pretty darn good fit. Yeah. What does leadership mean to you? Angelique, I'd be remiss being a leadership coach if I didn't ask, what is what is leadership? What is great leadership? What does that look like to you? Um, you know, what's most important to me is that I always make people feel good. I don't ever, ever want to um, make anyone feel inferior, unsupported. Um, you know, everyone makes mistakes. And that's what I tell people in this business and the business that we do with our team nothing is live or, you know, life or death. There's no brain surgery. Nobody's going to die if we miss a deadline. Um, and what's most important is, is my team and the, and, and my clients, because my team are my internal clients. My external clients mm -hmm. are my client clients, ones that bring in the money, but your team brings in money too, because they're the ones sharing about what they're doing and how they're excited about it. And they are able to bring in more team members that are good quality people that are aligned with what you want to do. And so I feel like leadership is really about just demonstrating what it, what it's like to, um, to be a team member. <laughs> like when, when you're in leadership, you want to show them this is what I expect from you. And this is what I'm going to do for you. They're the same. Mm -hmm. They don't differ that much. Yeah. 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 I'm not asking you to do anything. I wouldn't do myself. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right, Angelique, at this point we can jump into the book. Why don't you go ahead and introduce the book and how you came across it? Well, the book is the secret. And as you can see, it is missing its cover. Um, it's, it's, uh, uh, what do they call it? Dust jacket. Um, and you know, I heard about this book for years because it's been around since early 2000s. And um, I was just never a big believer in all this manifesting stuff, right? The secret manifesting. I came from a very traditional Christian, you know, upbringing. Um, I shouldn't say very traditional, somewhat traditional. And um, my mother was not traditional. Okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> so I had that. Um, but we, you know, the, the church bus would come on Sunday mornings and I would get on it and go to Sunday school, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but when, when I first saw it, I just wasn't interested. And then, um, I, honestly, I think we were supposed to read it for a book club. So I started a book club for my business. And then I was talking to another local business owner. She says, I would love to do a book club. Could you help me uh, facilitate it? And it was local in person. I was like, yeah, absolutely. So we did. And this was one of the first, I think the first book we chose was Anna Green Gables. Um, and obviously mostly women. I think there's one guy in there. 
um, and then one of the next, and we kind of alternated, we do fiction one month and uh, nonfiction the next. This was one of the first nonfiction books we read and somebody, somebody else suggested it and I had never read it. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to read it. And this was in, I think, around the beginning of the year of 2022. And um, I started reading it and I tried not to have any kind of preconceived notions or judgments or anything like that and just kind of be open. Um, and because I'm not, I, again, I'm kind of like, I don't want to do this toxic positivity thing. I don't want to just say I want to be a millionaire and, and expect it to fall into my lap. I know that that is rubbish. Mm -hmm. um, and so as I read the book, and I don't know if you can see like all the, the tabs. All the thing, I oh, mean, yeah. And I wrote in it and I underlined in it so, so much resonated with me. And I don't know if it's just the timing. Uh, now that I've read the book, I do believe it was, you know, uh, divine timing. Um, but one of the things that really made me understand what it was about, well, there were two things. It talked about a radio tower and it had like, we don't understand how the TV signal comes from this tower and it goes into our TV and we turn it on and lo and behold, there's the Tonight Show, right? That's the era I grew up in. The Tonight Show is on. And if I don't want to watch The Tonight Show, I can change it to channels. And we had a dial. We didn't have a remote. I can change <laughs> yeah. that channel and see something of a different, you know, I can watch cartoons or I can watch educational, whatever, by changing the channel. And they gave that analogy to come and demonstrate how we choose the, the, the frequency by selecting the channel. Um, and then we see those pictures. And, but we're choosing, we're making a conscious choice to change the channel, tune into a different frequency. And that made so much sense to me. I'm like, oh, okay, I get that. That makes sense. And then the other thing, I don't remember at what point in the book, but they talk about, um, and this was a game changer. You aren't just talking things into existence. You are actually acting as if those things have already happened. Therefore, you're making plans. You're taking actionable steps towards whatever outcome it is that you're wanting. And that, again, that's really practical feet on the ground things. You, you're planning, mm -hmm. you're taking steps in the, in this direction. And, and so I put it into practice and it actually freaking worked. Um, and I think also another thing, a little bit of backstory that made me more open, I think, at that particular point in time was I had attended a vision board workshop with a coach that I had come across. And it was a free workshop. And she called it a creation board and not a vision board because you're actually said you're actually creating what you want in your life. And she had very specific parameters, like don't have more than so many Um you know, have one and one, you know, per area of your life. Don't create visions for other people like your spouse or your children. Mm -hmm. um, and look at it daily. Don't just put it on the back of your door, your closet door inside the closet and never look at it again. You have to look at it every day. And so I did, I put it, I created it. I put it right in front of me. So I'd see it every night before I went to bed and every morning when I got up and uh, I was not specific enough. I will say that. <laughs> um, and that's what I tell people when I talk about manifesting is make sure that you be, a, be as specific as possible. I was now. Not, why, why do you chuckle when you say that? Because I wasn't specific and I said, I wanted a vacation. I wanted to go, uh, uh, take a vacation by the water. I ended up, and I said that particular vision board, was I wanted to purge and clean and reorganize at least one like room a month, right? One area, whether it was books or, um, you know, whatever. Um, and those are two really specific examples because what ended up happening that year, this was in 2020. We all know what happened in 2020. Um, I ended up selling everything I owned. I got rid of almost uh, I would say 90 to 95% of my 
tangible belongings. Um, talk about purge. I purged. Uh, it was very cathartic. Uh, I highly recommend it. Mm. <laughs> um, and then the other thing was we ended up um, moving to the beach in Florida in the panhandle. Mm. So it wasn't just a vacation, people. I lived 20 minutes away from the ocean. And it was a permanent move. You know, it wasn't, we weren't sure if it was going to be permanent, but it was permanent. And, I, and I'm from here. I was born in Florida. So I don't, I, I didn't really have any intention of ever living here again. I've been there, done that. I'm one of those people. Like I want to yeah. go to a different place. I want to live somewhere different. And I've lived in a lot of different places. Um, so I never thought I'd quote unquote end up back here, but I love it. And, you know, I just wasn't specific enough, I think, <laughs> you know, so, Angelique. So how does, I've heard about the book. I have a, a general idea about the book. I had, I had those preconceived notions about the book. I mean, I would give it a try just because I don't want to shut something off and not look at it just because I have some kind of notion. I, I want to see different people's perspectives. So how does the author walk somebody through what, what's the path that she takes the, uh, the reader on? What, what are the steps? What are the chapters? Like, how does she create that, try to create that for the, that experience for the reader? Uh, well, that's, I think, that's what I'm most interested about is I get yeah. the, I, I have the general idea of what it's about. I'm like, so how does she lay that out in this book so she can make the case to the reader for it? Yeah. Um, so you haven't read it yet. I haven't read it, but when you brought up the channels and the frequency, have you read, uh, frequency by Penny Pierce? No, it's, it's, I mean, it's not like the secret. It, it's not like that, this huge global phenomenon, but it's the same, it's the same kind of, um, talk about frequency and making sure that you're tuning into, um, in terms of your energy, tuning into the right areas the right people i mean there's i think there's over a dozen different chapters there's exercises there's a lot of questions but it has a lot to do with not just taking what's what's in front of you but if you want something understand what like what your inner vibration is and trying to find that in the world trying to find what's meant for you which it's funny i, I had a, a friend of mine on for an episode of this series on that book way early on i think it was in the single digits um and she's like yeah i know this sounds a, a very woo woo is what she would say my friend yeah. jess um but the, i think there is something to it i think there is something about your energy that you forego if you don't look for the right people the right experiences i think we leave a lot on the table where we're just reactive in life instead of really going for what we want mm -hmm. yeah. you know because we're just we're just kind of indoctrinated by society here's the script these are the rules like you know drink the kool-aid <laughs> yeah drink the kool-aid so um but yeah i'm sorry back to my question so how does she shape that what are, are there chapters in the book how does she shape that narrative for the reader yeah so the first thing she does is she talks about the secret revealed and um it really goes into like that, that story about the t changing the TV channel that was very in that first chapter. So really kind of putting the quote unquote secret in different um, analogies and, you know, metaphors. So different people can understand it. Um, she also talks about, you know, how this particular a way of thinking and acting and, and speaking has been around since 3000 BC and how it has consistently shown up in different cultures um, since then. So it predates, um, you know, that traditional Jesuit Christianity um, and, you know, even back into um like even different countries like India, there were different writings there. And I don't remember all the specific names mm -hmm. of all the stuff, Yeah, but she touches on different resources that you can then dig into if you want to. Okay. Okay. Um, and then she, then she kind of breaks it down. It's called the secret made simple and then um, breaks it down into a, how to use it. And then there's a, 
there's, and there's contributors to the book. She wrote the book, but then there's all these awesome people in, in here that have each applied it and offered their own piece of wisdom. One of the ones that I um, was really familiar with was uh, Lisa Nichols. I had heard about Lisa Nichols before I heard about The Secret. Well, before I read The Secret, I'd heard mm -hmm. about it. But And Lisa Nichols um, has a, just a, a really powerful story. And so her story impacted me. I'd read one of her books already. And then as I'm reading The Secret, I'm like, oh, this is, she was applying The Secret in that book. And I could recognize um, after I'd seen the secret made after I'd read that chapter of the secret made simple and how to use it. And then the, then she goes into the different processes. I could I could reflect back on reading that book of Lisa Nichols and going, I can see how she applied this in each of these. And Lisa Nichols is an extremely, extremely successful person, business person. But then, I mean, they had lots of like Jack Canfield is one that name that you might recognize that uh, contributed um, John D. Martini. So he's Who's a that? contributor. Um, I'm trying to look through some of the names here. Some of the names I didn't know. Um, I weren't, I wasn't familiar with them. Joe Vitale, Dr. Joe Vitale is one of them. Um, but they contribute throughout the book and share little stories of their experiences, how they applied it, how it's, a you know, affected them. Um, and, you know, now I can Google these people that, and that wrote about this book, you know, these theories and these processes and concepts in 2006 and look at where they're at now, 17, you know, 15 years later and go, hmm, okay, this, they might be onto something here. They're really successful or uh, they're doing really good things in the world or what have you. So, I mean, the, each chapter, once she gets kind of laying the, the groundwork, then there's a chapter on money. There's a chapter on relationships. And again, the contributors are kind of sprinkled throughout. They're quoted yep. throughout for different, for different areas, health, <clears throat> um, the world, the secret to you and the secret to life. And then they actually did uh, offered biographies for each contributor at the end too. So you could Google them some more. <laughs> so what is your take on that, Angelique? what you learned from that book, the way that you've applied it, what, how do you translate? How do you explain how that happens? What do you, what, and I'm not holding you to an explanation, yeah. but how do you, how do you describe it? What are your, what are your thoughts on that? I think, you know, for me, what was, was pivotal in my quote unquote belief in the secret was that it isn't just about opening your mouth and saying affirmations every day which, okay, do those things, but you also have to take action. And, and they do stress that you have to have some kind of like, what are you planning to do? Why are you planning to do it? You know, how are you going to do it? What can you do now to prepare yourself to do that? Okay. Then. And so I started doing those things. I start, I just said, you know what, I've been wanting to take a road trip across the United States and Canada for my entire, I, I feel like my entire adult life, I'm going to do this. I started planning the, the the route. I started looking at places to stay. I started making reservations. I started buying things to put in my car to go camping. Um, things I couldn't afford to buy. I made a wish list on Amazon and, and told people this is what I want for my birthday. And so I started acting like I'm taking this trip. And I set a plan. This is when I'm leaving. This is when I'm, this is where I'm going to be. I mean, I just, I have, but I am a planner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I planned what, it I, all out. I think, I think when anybody does think of this book, they just think that somebody's sitting there in their room thinking really hard about something. And then it just hops out of them. Like, like the Care Bears, like it just pops out of them somehow. But I don't think that's the that's the image that yeah. comes to my mind. I think it's just people having that impression that it's just okay, you're just telling people to really think about something and it'll happen. But like you said, there is the work. There is the being proactive. There is the work. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
One of the other things, and I honestly don't know if it was in this book or if it was um, if it was just something I ran across in all of the, because that's another thing I do. If, if a book is mentioned in a book, I will go read that book next. Yeah. You know, that's, <laughs> that's why so when you mentioned Frequency by Penny Pierce, I'm like writing it down. That's the next book on the read to read. Yeah, let, let me know what you think about that one. It, it talks a lot about like your inner vibration, frequency, stuff that I myself wouldn't consider, but it makes sense in how I yeah. operate. So I highly recommend that one. Well, thank you. I'm going to, it's on my list. Um, but one of the things I think it was mentioned in the book was, uh, there was a scientist that discovered by accident, um, and ended up writing a book. It's called, I think messages in the water, I think is the name of it, but it, it was, a, a scientist over in Asia, I believe. And, um, he was, the pictures are of crystals that he has taken photos of under a microscope. And I don't know that I can't remember exactly all the details about how it all came about, but basically um, what they found was if you played a certain type of music um, at a bottle of water and then you froze the water, the crystals oh, look very yeah. different when you're playing classical versus heavy metal. Yeah. I've heard about that. I, I, referenced in a couple different areas or books that I've come across. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so I bought that book, of course, to read it. And I looked at all the pictures and it was absolutely fascinating. Um, they were actually taking samples from a lake and they were taking samples to water samples, like to test the water, mm -hmm. not necessarily for anything else. So this is a very special lake. It's a very, uh, spiritual, uh, place. And so they were taking these samples and then they went back and froze them. And they were really surprised because the, the crystals were very chaotic and, and just very unorganized, which is typical of uh, that, like the heavy metal music. That's mm -hmm. what it did to the water after it was frozen. Well, then um, within like a matter of days, there was uh, they found out there had been an earthquake. And it what had affected the water in the lake. And so it it was just so, so fascinating. They even just spoke a word to the water and then froze it. And then they would say a happy word versus a, a mad word. And again, the crystals <laughs> are very organized very differently. And it was just really fascinating uh, to me. And just another level of confirmation that what we speak and how we speak it really matters. It really does matter. Like it, it matters to us on a very physical, um, physiological matter. Yeah. yeah. Um, the leader's playlist, I think is a book that gave that example. It may have, and I, that's the book that comes to mind only because it's about, um, it's called the leader's playlist. I, I believe her name is Susan drum, which is bad. Cause she reached out about coming on the series, but it's about how she works with her clients to change their playlist. So I think I'm paraphrasing here, but she, she, she has them come up with a playlist of how maybe they see their life or what is your playlist. And it's all songs that are very, um, I don't know, negative or they hold you back or they're, so she was asking them to change their playlist. So come mm. up with a, so what is it that you want to do? Where is it that you want to go? What direction do you want to work with, work in? Now find a song that kind of gives you that and they'll listen to that song. And it's just shape, shifting that mindset. But I think in just talking about the science of music, I think she mentioned the studies that you're talking about. I know it's in one of these books here yeah. behind me where they played music for water and, and the reactions were just so different based on what the, I guess the water was hearing. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know well, how you the, describe the it, but frequencies affect, like you said, on this nuclear at atomic level. Yeah. Um, and we don't we don't realize it in our day to day. But if you continue to do this repeatedly, day after day after day, just like anything else, it will eventually stack up. And it'll start to lean one way or the other, right? Positive yes. or negative or 
Um, and it's funny because I actually, one of the first things I did when I started Lady Powerhouse was I went on Spotify and created a playlist and it's Lady Powerhouse Radio. So if you want to hear some positive women affirming music, go out there and listen to the playlist. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, that's a great example right there. It's just, it is cellular. Uh, I think we take it for granted. And it's one of those things where, again, practice or uh, exposure, like on a regular basis, uh, I just think we're way too reactive and, and, and just tolerating and settling for what's in our environment instead of being proactive and getting those tools and to having these kinds of conversations and you hosting your podcast and getting that message out there. I just I've, I've really learned to appreciate just the little things that we can do for each other, little gestures, yeah. little comments, smiles, just, you know, using someone's name, all these little things that you can put out into the ether. I'm down for just because it it's a ripple effect starting from these small little moments outward. So I'm all yeah. for it. Uh, so Angelique, uh, oh, God. Sorry, the Dalai Lama, I think that said that if you don't think that one person, one thing makes a difference. Try sleeping in a room with a mosquito. <laughs> yeah. I don't know yeah. why I'm, I thought of that. No, but I mean, that that paints the exact picture. Yeah. Um, and I think people underestimate what they're capable of, or they think that it has to be monumental from the, right. the moment of, of, of their action. And it just doesn't have to be. So, no. so Angelique, what, if you were to, to share this with somebody in a few sentences, what would you what would you say to try to convince them to check out this book to take away the values that you've taken away? You know, what I always tell people is I did not this was not my thing. I I I passed this book up for years, hmm. a decade. Yeah. Over a decade. Because again, I'm an avid reader and this was a really popular book, and I looked at it and I dismissed it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and, and I would just say, yeah, what to, it's a small book. It's a quick read, powerful, it's impactful. Um, but you know, you've spent less money and less time on less, tri more trivial things than yeah. this. And this, this has the potential to change your life if you let it. And another mention, just because we're talking about, you mentioned Atomic, but the book Atomic Habits is behind me. Oh, I love me. that book. And I think, um, I think at one point I haven't read. It's been over a year since I've read it, but I, I believe he's the author in that book that says at one point that you have to, in terms of your habit, you. Ha I think it is because maybe when he's a uh, when he's trying to quit smoking or whatever the example is he's giving, but he says you have to think like you're already there. Yes. Part oh of the my habit gosh, is I remember saying that. Yeah. So it's part of it is saying I'm already a non-smoker. I'm already right. whatever it is. So to thank put you. Yourself I in that don't mindset. smoke instead yes. of I'm trying to quit. Yes. Thank exactly. you. I don't smoke. Yeah. Um, instead of no, thank you. I'm trying to quit. Yeah. And, and it's like, oh, that's such a small little tweak, but it's so good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Um, so just in wrapping up, Angelique, is there anything that you want to share about what you're up to these days? Anything that I might've missed, anything that I should have asked, anything you want to share with this audience at all? Well, I just think that, you know, if, if you have any, if anyone has any questions and pardon the pun, I'm an open book, reach out. Uh, I'm happy to talk to you. I'm not one of those people that won't give you the time of day. I will absolutely probably more than I should give people uh, more than one chance, like, you know, to, to connect and talk and ask questions. Um, so if anything has resonated with you here today and you have a question or um, you want more information, hit me up. I, I really am an open book and we're always looking for guests for the podcast. So if you're a female entrepreneur out there and you have um, some, you know, if you have a story to tell, and everybody has a story to tell, <laughs> um, you know, yeah, check us out, check us out. And, and we'd love to have you on the podcast. Awesome. That's about it. Thank you, Angelique, for covering The Secret by Rhonda Byrne with me. I really appreciate your time, your insights and your experience and your story, just your background on um, getting to where you are today. And what you, I like the fact, too, that you were hesitant about this book at first. Because yeah. it is a book that people are kind of like, eh. So I like that you were there also, but you read it and now you see the benefits. Um, so I'm glad I got your insights on this particular book. 
You're very welcome. It was, I'm always glad to talk about reading. <laughs> so if there's anything that I might've missed with Angelique, uh, there's so much to cover little time. Please let me know. I'll reach out to her, see what kind of feedback or um, ideas I might be able to get from her. In the meantime, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And I'll talk to you soon. Take care.